You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. So many people have probably found themselves watching different series, on-demand series on TV at home, or even, I suppose, on mobile devices this year, um, catching up on those, or maybe even getting like so caught up in these series that they're just... I don't know if I'd say addicted to them, but um, follow them closely. Um, So I don't know. Have you had go-tos that you've been following this year at all, Sarah? I know you're more like a history sort of person. Yeah, there's. I I found a a comedy from the 60s I've been watching. And my husband and I have a couple of series. We've been binge watching a whole bunch of stuff on demand, finding new series to watch. So yes, we we are following several different shows. (laughs) So... So one of the very popular series on demand uh, is The Mandalorian on uh, the Disney Plus service. And a while back, we had Pastor Merritt Dembski on to chat about that um, in its early stages. And now what it's been out for a whole season or is in a second season. I can't remember what it's in. Uh, so Pastor Dembski is back to chat with us about it. The Reverend Merritt Dembski of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Illinois. Pastor Dembski, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour. It's good to be back. So Mandalorian uh, series, is this the second season I've lost track? It's season two now, right? That we're Correct. finishing? Yeah, okay. they just concluded. They just finished up the second season. So I, I think I've been watching, I think I've watched the episodes since the, the beginning uh, of it and made it through to the second season. So if you are a, if, if you follow um, the series Mandalorian and you haven't watched the season finale, um, you might want to watch it first before listening to the rest of this. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, because there, there might be some spoilers in this episode. So my apologies if you haven't watched it um, and you're wanting to and don't want us to ruin it for you. All right. So have you have you seen the season finale? Have you seen all two seasons now, Pastor Dembski? Yes, we have. Uh, my wife and I have been watching it. And, uh, it's you know, Disney Plus came out and neither of us were very much wanting to pay for a streaming service. We don't have cable. We don't have TV. We don't have any streaming services. We just have DVDs. Uh, they're those silver disc things that existed before streaming Laser services. No, a little <laughs> bit smaller, a little bit smaller. But okay. the, uh, the so like streaming is all the thing now. And, and neither of us really want to get into all that. And the first season we had a friend come over and, and, uh, and watch it with us. Like he had his Disney plus and he'd watch it. And, um, this season, similar type of thing. We've had access to it, to be able to watch the Mandalorian. Um, and Disney though is really up in their game to make you want to get their streaming service because when Disney plus came out, it was like, okay, we have a good chunk of those DVDs. We don't need to pay for a streaming service for what we've already got. But Disney had already been trying to get people sucked in with their Marvel content because they had the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe and they were going to have TV shows. And then they had announced The Mandalorian and and they sink a ton of money into these shows um, that they've been getting ready to do and have been doing. And The Mandalorian has been a very high quality Star Wars show. And 
I, I dare say is probably one of the first things that has come out for Star Wars that has actually felt like Star Wars in a while. I know people are on all different pages for the postquels. Since we talk about prequels, the movies leading up to the original movies, you know, one, two, three being the prequels, I usually just say postquel for the <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Um, you know, a lot of people did not like those seven, eight, nine movies that came out. And this show has kind of gotten back to feeling like Star Wars and, and having the nostalgia and the references to things that people love without being so heavily reliant on it. Um, and so you've got new original stories with very good visuals and good acting and really, you know, connects to you emotionally if you are sucked into those kind of things with sci-fi and fantasy and stuff. Um, and this second season now has really, I was saying about Disney trying to get you sucked into their streaming service, has really done that more because the first season, which was much more just, here's this character you're following. But now this new season is tying into other shows that I've never watched. I've seen some of them now because of this. But if you've never seen the Clone Wars cartoon, the animated, the digital animated thing, or the, um, the show Rebels, all of that is getting tied into the Mandalorian. So there's stuff that if you watch Mandalorian and you have no idea that those other ones exist, you can watch it and understand what's going on. And yet, if you are familiar with those shows, the plots of those shows are now feeding into Mandalorian, which makes you go, man, I got to get Disney Plus and watch all these <laughs> other shows. Man, how did I not ever see these before? Um, and so the, the second season of Mandalorian just wrapped up. And uh, if you have watched it, uh, but did not go through the post credits. You know how the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. all the Marvel movies, you had to stay to the, after the credits to get oh, some yeah. sort of tidbit of what's coming up. They're doing that with shows now. So now you got to wow. sit through five minutes. Well, not with streaming, you can fast forward, but you got to sit through <laughs> you know, like five or seven minutes of um, credits uh, to have a little uh, tidbit of what's coming up. And they've teased now another live action show, uh, spoiler, revolving around Boba Fett. Uh, so people have been waiting for that for years and Disney or Star Wars, Lucas Films, whatever, has talked about doing that for quite a while. But now they're actually getting into that realm and Disney has announced a number of, I don't even know what all the shows are, but shows revolving around um, a character named Ahsoka and now Boba Fett. And you've got The Mandalorian, which I don't know if they're going to continue and how they're, I don't know what they're going to do with Mandalorian now because um, another spoiler alert. Um, that you know, baby Yoda has now gone with a Jedi and is he's fulfilled what he had committed to do. So I don't know if they're going to keep on following Mando and you know, kind of have him jumping in and out of different shows, or if uh, they're going to kind of like wrap up this show and focus on the other ones. Or I have no idea, but they've done a good job with what they've done so far. So they've created this whole universe uh, that that is now addictive for people, and they keep just building on to all of these shows. And and I. I don't know. Now I really want to watch it. However, I have not seen any of The Mandalorian. I have seen all of the Star Wars movies finally. A few years ago, my husband and I got all of the DVDs and we watched all of them in very quick succession. So I I, I understand the That's Star Wars storyline. It was a lot of hours, but it was totally worth it. So I, I get this obsession with it. It is really cool stuff. However, uh, if, if you are like me and have not seen any of The Mandalorian, can you give us a quick recap of, of what this storyline is actually tying into in that Star Wars universe? Yeah, absolutely. So 
um, for Star Wars purists, you have Star Wars, which is four, five, and six. A New Hope, the stuff that came back out in the 70s and 80s that mm-hmm. you have those three movies. And this series is taking place six years after Return of the Jedi or episode six or the last movie of that trilogy. So this is six years. The Empire has supposedly fallen, but now we're finding out that there's still remnants of the Empire and there's still strength there going on. Um, and you're following the Mandalorian, who is a guy uh, who was raised by people from a planet called Mandalore, which I, this is one of the things that I was ignorant of watching it. I didn't know much about Mandalorians other than if you know who Boba Fett is from the original movies, he has Mandalorian armor. And so that's all I really knew that they were a warlike people, but that they had codes of honor and all that kind of stuff. But if you watch the Clone Wars show, you get a whole bunch more information about the Mandalorians and who they are and what their deal is and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Mandalore had been destroyed by the Empire. And so they're all either in hiding or have been killed off. And so you only have small groups of Mandalorians, uh, which people don't really call the main character of this show the Mandalorian, they usually shorten that to Mando. Hey, Mando, what's up? You know, that kind of thing. He's got a name, which at the moment, I can't remember how to pronounce it, but he does have a name that you hear a couple of times, but um, uh, most people just call him Mando. And he has a code of ethics and and he's a bounty hunter. So like Boba Fett in the old Star Wars movie, he's a bounty hunter. And this show has been zeroed in on something that took place in the third episode, uh, second episode, which was he was sent out for a bounty that was this renegade 50-year-old person. And he goes to get rid of this person and finds a child, um, which looks like baby Yoda. And that was this big revelation that had been kept super secret. So it was this big like, whoa, as people were watching it, because people had no idea that baby Yoda was coming. And at this point, you find out that he was a Jedi who was being trained, but after all the stuff that had happened with the Empire rising, he had been hidden and all this kind of stuff. So Mando had been tasked with getting the child back to his people, back to the Jedi. And at this last episode, that happened. So you've had all these seasons of him getting into various scrapes and circumstances, trying to protect the child, trying to get the child where he needs to go. And that's what the show has mainly followed. And of course, anyone who doesn't care about sci-fi and fantasy has just been like, oh, he's so cute. That's the reason I watch it. You know, like <laughs> that's been like purely it. Like, oh yeah, there's 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 battles and there's things going on, but look at him, he's so cute and he waddles a little bit, you know, like, so um, if you've seen anything online that has looked like a child version of Yoda, that's what it's been from, has been from this show Mandalorian. And so, um, uh, and so you get to know this Mando character and he's got allies that he's met along the way and, Um, So that's what the show has been following. And now you've gotten these tie-ins via characters who have been introduced that are tied back to the show Rebels or tied back to the cartoon Clone Wars. Um, At the very last episode, um, there was a great ring of excitement and rejoicing from Star Wars fans around the world, I'm sure. I don't know. I at least know one that was super duper excited um, because Luke Skywalker appeared. So you get this appearance from a young looking Mark Hamill who comes to take the child with him to train him in the ways of the Jedi. And you even have R2-D2 show up. So it's like you've got the reminiscence of the original Star Wars movies and yet these tie-ins to these other shows, which again, if you had never seen any of them, you'd still follow this show. But when you know about the little hints and references, you get this deeper significance and everything to it. So, so in terms of storytelling, it's just 
it's really brilliant storytelling and and uh, how they've woven the story together it's uh, and when you have the resources like uh, like like disney you can do that right yeah they've got some money to put behind this yeah <laughs> i think for me you know in watching this series i i have been as a person with a theater background there are moments when I'm just fascinated with the set and then I have to ask myself, wait, is that a real set or is that computer generated? Because I mean, it's, it's Disney. So it could be either, it could go either way. It could be entirely computer generated or, or a hybrid, or it could be, you know, just a really elaborate set. And it's just, it's fascinating. And uh, sometimes my mind goes wandering off about the set rather than the storyline <laughs> because I'm so intrigued by it. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And technology has come a long way since the prequels that you go back and they've mm -hmm. not aged well, you know, looking at some of the stuff from episode one, two and three and all these digital backgrounds that just look very digital, blue screen, green screen backgrounds. Today, you have that problem that you're talking about. You look at it and you're like, wow, how many millions of dollars did they spend to have a real rock and then a green screen that looks like a whole bunch of more real rocks? You right. know? Like, yeah, it's just it's it's impressive. And so I sometimes find myself wondering about that in terms of the set but the story i think has been fascinating and i'm not a diehard star wars fan um yet i found this story really um intriguing and and has been i think fairly fairly easy to follow as well and we have more to discuss on the mandalorian <laughs> uh with pastor merit Devsky. we need to take a short break we'll be right back you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking about The Mandalorian, the, the Star Wars series on Disney Plus with the Reverend Merritt Dembski from Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Illinois, talking about good storytelling and uh, some of the, the things that make up this story, why it's so interesting why is it appealing what is it that, that drew you into this series pastor Dembski? why did why did you continue watching the series well honestly i i was not very enticed by it in the first place i've kind of been as a whole backing out of a lot of entertainment and i'll explain more mm -hmm. of that in a minute but the the we had a number of friends that really wanted to watch it with us. And so we ended up watching it and being aware of it. And my wife loves baby Yoda. And, you know, um, is they've, they've revealed his name now of what his name actually is. And it's Grogu. So if you ever see Grogu, that's, that's who they're talking about is baby Yoda or the child is what the credits usually call them the child. Um, but we we kept on watching it um, into this season, uh, mainly keeping up with some friends who wanted to watch it and interested to see where the story was going to be taking it. And it's it's been um, interesting to to keep up and see what they have done with it because it's taken turns that I've been surprised about and and has been 
faithful in being what Star Wars kind of really drew you into in the first place and felt, I, I know it sounds weird, but felt much more Star Warsy than some things that have <laughs> existed. Because there's some things that just feel like another action movie that have characters that are from Star Wars, you know, but there was something about this that kind of pulled you back into that universe and, and made it feel like Star Wars again. Mm -hmm. So this this is the the point where if you haven't seen this, you might want to to uh, pause and go watch it because spoiler alert. Uh, what are some of the the highlights or the themes or, or those high points that happened during this second season? Um, I know I saw a lot of people on Facebook after certain episodes were like, "Oh, this was so great that this thing happened," and I don't know what's happening, but they were really excited <laughs> about it. What what were some of those moments during this second season uh, that were really significant to the storyline? Um. Well, you do have, in terms of like fan excitement and all those kind of things, you have Ahsoka appearing, who Ahsoka Tano was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, his like trainee, his person that he was working with um, in the show Clone Wars, which if you've never heard of her, it's because she was nowhere in any of the movies. It was purely a part of this television show. And apparently I've never watch through it but apparently it explains why she's never referenced in the movies but um so her appearance was huge and of course just people getting to see the um the the mandalorian interact with um characters from other mandalorian characters from uh rebels and clone wars that had appeared some people that were like the the one girl was the rightful princess of Mandalore before it was destroyed. And so you follow her character a little bit. So you have some, this is the season where all these characters start getting introduced that you've got tie-ins from the other shows and which really excited people. And uh, you've got things apparently that Clone Wars ends on a bit of a cliffhanger and the show Rebels ends on a cliffhanger, which now this show is starting to tie up those loose ends and is apparently carrying on those plots. So those things that happened within this show were big. I know one thing that got a lot of talk was in the second episode of the season, it was, I, I don't know what it is about second episodes of seasons that are usually weak for me, but you know, the, uh, a lot of people had a tough time with the second episode of the season. It was just, it was kind of a weak episode, um, but he's, Mando is tasked with getting this, frog creature to another planet she's got all these eggs with her and they're the only chance of her species or at least her family line or whatever going on and she needs to get to her husband in a certain amount of time that's on this other planet this other frog creature on this other planet and they run into a whole bunch of stuff um, that makes it difficult to get there but baby yoda is dead set on eating those eggs. And so that's one of the subplots is Mando's always trying to keep an eye on him because he's always going up to that little tank trying to get eggs out. And he actually eats a couple. And and it was the weirdest thing because people flipped out about that. And and so there was all this stuff of like, see, even um even uh people that that see this realize there's there's something significant about the life that's you know like in these eggs, like people freaking out. I mean I don't know. It was it was just a weird thing that people got so upset that baby Yoda's eating those eggs. Those are her babies, essentially, you know, and and I don't know. There was a whole thing that blew up online about that. And then it kind of died off because that's the way things are. You get these big flashbang talking points and then everyone forgets about it by the next episode. But um, so you've got uh, some talking points that have come up. Um, I know during the first season, there was a big deal made about. 
Um, well, actually, sorry, before I get into that, um, those those are some of the big things. So you had a big talking point about Baby Yoda eating this frog lady's eggs that are in this jar. Um, but you've got character references and plot references from other shows that were big deals for people. So that answers that part of the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and ice spiders, of course. I mean, what season would be complete without ice spiders to terrify oh you while you're watching the show? That uh, was that yeah. was one of the most intense television moments <laughs> I have seen in a long time, which I could not. Like, I don't know what it was. Just they they filmed it well. They put the right pacing and the right music to make that a very intense sequence. Yeah. Terrifying. It, it, it'll give you nightmares. <laughs> the, the the other myth. So throughout most of the, the, what, the first season and even into the second season, the only Mandalorian you know is Mando, right, in this series. Right. And it's not until. And, and so what do we know about Mandalorians from Mando, basically? Well, and, and this was something we talked about when I was on before for talking about Mando was you've got this like code of conduct and honor and all this kind of stuff. He doesn't remove his helmet around anyone. No living person can see his face. And at the end of the first season, there was a point where he was very severely injured and a droid was going to help him. And he said, no, no one can see my face. And the droid said, I'm not a living person, so it's fine. And so it took off his helmet and the audience got to see his face, which I thought, oh, you shouldn't have let us see his face. You know, just like <laughs> keeping with the, the plot, it would have just been kind of cool that no living person would have seen his face. But um, he, uh, so there's a big deal made about that. And in this show, in this season, there are a couple of times where his helmet is removed. Um, which I think it would have had more emotional impact for the final time it's removed where uh, he's about to hand the child over and he takes off his helmet so the child can see him and he can see the child, you know? And so it's this emotional moment. He's saying goodbye and he removes the helmet so the child can see his face. Um, but there's another episode where for the sake of saving the child who has been kidnapped, he removes his helmet and there's a whole scene of him sitting there without his helmet um, interacting with people. And I think part of it is because the ref the reference you made to the other Mandalorians that he runs into, that if you'd never seen anything else about Mandalorians, you would just understand it to be, this is their code. This is their honor. You don't remove your helmet. You do your jobs well, you know, like this kind of stuff. And you're good at war. And yet these other Mandalorians he runs into point out, oh, you're just one of those religious zealots. So like some of the stuff that you, you are already following going, huh. They're actually showing a guy who's capable in his work, who's honorable, who keeps to his religious tenets. And I, I still don't know quite if Mandalorian stuff is like a religion or just kind of a code of conduct, but I, I just haven't looked into it that much. But you get the vibe that it's kind of a religious thing versus just, ah, here's our ethics, you know. Um, but these other Mandalorians point out that there's there's different groups and he he had apparently been picked up by the religious zealot people. So all of a sudden it's like, oh man, are they painting him as someone who's going too far and being too overly religious? Or is he being painted as a guy who just happened to be picked up by this group that takes things very seriously? And again, when you watch the Clone Wars show, you get an idea of who these other groups are, that apparently there's the, the people that are focused more on the, the behaviors and the religion of the Mandalorians, and then people that are more focused on their, their home planet and regaining Mandalore where they live kind of thing. Um, but I was kind of bummed that 
it seemed like if this is his religion, that he started to cave on that a little bit with points where he was removing his helmet or even though it was for the sake of saving the child. I just uh, I thought that was I was I was kind of bummed about that because it just seemed like they were softening him on his convictions, on his on what he believed, even though it was for the sake of what it was. Um, but yeah, so the Mandalorians are very much about war. And I, you know, I kind of realized though that Mandalorian or Mando is really just Batman in Star Wars. Like, <laughs> that's that's all it is. So when it's like, what's the appeal? Well, what's the appeal of Batman? He's a guy that kind of fights with the law, kind of fights against the law. He um, He was literally a kid who saw his parents die in front of him and was then raised in an elite form of fighting and has a whole bunch of cool toys and at some points hangs people upside down to interrogate them to get what he wants and has a small child that he takes and protects who also helps and cares for him at times so i'm like this is just batman <laughs> that's, that's that's all this is you know like it's batman but in star wars and you know so with the appeal it's like if anyone likes batman they probably are going to like this too cuz he's this quiet guy who does what he does well <laughs> you know like but um yeah. Uh, so hope that answers that part of the question. It's it's this uh, story of redemption that I think probably shows up in a lot of different places and a lot of different uh, a lot of different I don't know, genres of our media and fiction and those types of things. Yeah, and I mean, and and there is some beautiful stuff of of him like going after the child. The child has been abducted, has been taken. And there's times where he, you know, dives in front of the kid to, to take a bullet for him. I mean, he's unharmed, but he still dives, you know, and like, and, and takes a, a bullet for the kid. Um, and there's points where you kind of get these, as a Christian watching it, you get all of the 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 pictures of like the shepherd going out to find the one lost sheep or, you know, the, the, the shepherd or, um, uh, searching for the the lost coin, you know the the Luke fifteen lost and found chapter. You you get this idea with Mando's conviction and and desire to protect this child and and take him in and get him where he needs to go. You've got some of those uh, as a Christian looking, going, oh, I can see some, I can associate with my Christian faith his determination to protect the child and and going to all extremes, of course. Mando is fake and Jesus is real and Jesus has eternally helped us. You know, that's some of the the, the stuff of um, what I was saying of kind of getting away from entertainment. I want to know my my Christian faith and be uh, so focused on that versus knowing all this stuff. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What insights. And man, thanks for the the season wrap up, the season finale. And, uh, I, you know, I'm curious what will happen next, if there will be more in the Mandalorian story. I haven't uh, pursued the other stories as well. And as you pointed out, there was a uh, I think you you mentioned that if you you stay through the credits, um, that uh, you'll you'll see the, another story that that uh, begins to unfold as well. Pastor yeah. Dembski, thanks so much for for chatting with us about the Mandalorian series on uh, Disney Plus and for your insights on it. Thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, you're welcome. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.